we have been going through stadium design and ballpark design, and we're at a position now where we're really comfortable. It's not totally pencils down, but we're really close. That's Mike Barrett, former Portland Trailblazers television play-by-play broadcaster, now front and center of the Portland Diamond Project. Now, Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project. Welcome Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project with host Billy Gates, a production of ThatCast Network. Welcome to Behind the Clubhouse Door, this podcast presented by High Caliber Millwrights. Welcome into the Portland Diamond Project podcast. This is Billy Gates, and I'm here with uh, Managing Director of the Portland Diamond Project, Mike Barrett. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, Billy, for having me. So, uh, we've heard uh, you know, through, through various media outlets um, that a ballpark site is coming up. Um, is, is, is there any, any decision on, on where perhaps a ballpark might be in Portland? We have isolated it down. And I know that's a big question. Yeah. It's a question I get asked a lot. And yeah. I, it's, it's a, for me, it's a new world because I've learned a lot about how this stuff happens and stuff that you never would have thought of in terms of, um, announcing a site. And, and we, I think it's safe to say that we are, um, extremely close in, in, but there is a certain strategy that goes with, even though you may have one and, and or two that you have singled it in on, um, there, there's a strategy to taking your time and making sure that everything is done correctly um, in terms of how the negotiations happen, which we're into the, the uh, negotiation, the offer, counteroffer stage, to be sure. So we're, we're way down the road, but everything we say publicly um, has to measure up to that. And I think it, people who know me from my, my past life, it's just kind of authentic and we spill it all out there. Well, I've learned that, <laughs> uh, that that probably doesn't work at all times with this. So <laughs> I'm having to be cautious with what I'm saying. And it's not it's not coming from a place of trying to be cagey or trying to be secretive, but simply doing the um, the best thing we can do for the project. And right now that is continue to grind behind the scenes, which we are every day. And I think when we go quiet for a while and people are saying there hasn't been news, but you know, I get it. They want to hear more. And I love that hunger for wanting more information. Um, but I can just tell you that there are several very suitable sites and there are a couple we are really grinding on. And yeah, um, we probably have a favorite in there. But right now, it just does not um, make a whole lot of sense to come out and get more specific than that on site. And I know that's driving people nuts. And it's driving me nuts, too. So I get it. But it's just a process that has to be handled uh, exactly the right way. Yeah. And I, I could, I mean, I have zero experience in that type of thing, so obviously you, you and the you and the rest of the crew would, would know more than you know most of us do anyway. But it just kind of seems like there's that certain order that things have to happen in, and and uh, obviously it's not there yet, or else you'd be able to tell everybody about this cool new ballpark site. <laughs> and I'll tell you this much: I and I knew this before. I'll never get into politics, <laughs> <laughs> and, and not to say that it's not being critical of anybody. That's just a, it's a it's an intricate world, multi layered. That is a very um, I've learned a lot about how you go about these things, and I think my again my 
um, instinct is always just, well, let's just go, let's announce this and let's talk about this. And, and then I, I kind of, um, am corrected and you find that there's a certain order of things and, and, and it's, it's been great. And I will say that, you know, I brought up politics. All of that has been great. The, the, the people who have, we've talked to, we've talked to a lot of them. Um, I don't want to say that I've been surprised um, by how the, how we've been su- accepted, how the idea has been accepted, but I think people are understanding what a great thing this could be for the city, and and this is going to sound altruistic as well. But you know, in this day and age, when uh, we're more divided than ever, just as people, uh, and 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 the city really, and and people are so ready, you know, and social media plays into this, but. It, they're so ready to be upset about something. And I get it. And both sides are like that or whatever side, not that there's just two sides. But I, I truly feel like this, this whole project and this, um, you know, going down the road on this whole thing can be a huge unifying project for the city. And maybe that's fantasy land, but I really do feel that way. I think it's something... First of all, baseball it has that romanticism um, in its core anyway. But I think a project like this can get everybody looking in the same direction. And how often do we have that? You know, pulling on the same end of the rope. And that. And I think that this will do that. And I think that we're starting to see that. So, um, you know, no matter what side of the aisle people are on, or uh, we know there's issues that face the city, face the mayor, face the city council. Um, we just want to help in any way we can. Um, and we're not going to get discouraged if if we run into somebody who, for some reason, uh, has more questions or or doesn't necessarily catch the vision like we hope. We're just going to keep at it. And and to and again, everything's been great, and everybody, to our knowledge, has caught the vision. So, what we're trying here is something that's big and bold, and will have ramifications well into the future for the city, but um, we feel it's worth it. And that's why we're all doing this. I mean, I think everybody involved in this could be doing something else, but it just, it, it has that kind of a feel of incredible once in a lifetime opportunity. And when you pair that with the opportunity and the rare uh, time we're at in baseball with this window that's opened up for us, it's, it's too great not to um, grind on for 50 hours a week at least. And that's what we're doing mm-hmm. where we're at it every single day. And, um, it's, it's, I'm very, I'm busier than I've ever been, but it's also, um, the end goal keeps me grinding. It keeps us all grinding. Yeah. And you talk about this window. I mean, it, as far as, you know, just kind of giving that a, a little bit of uh, a context, I mean, what exactly is that window? And I mean, as long as you've been, let's say, like the past couple months, I mean, what have you been focused on most uh, in order to hit that that window that you're looking at? Well, a combination of things. I mean, there's been, you know, we have a steady line of communication with Major League Baseball. Um, they appreciate how we've handled this in terms of um, only releasing news when it's actually news and there's something substantial there because we've seen. Other groups handle it different ways, not here, but around the country. Um, you know, we had one situation where uh, we've had so many ballpark renderings and so many design sessions, and we, we had, you know, a photo of one leak, which was one that was in the initial stages. So, um, but some people purposefully leak, and they want to drive the media through stuff that maybe is is uh, substantial in their eyes, but uh, we haven't tried to do that. And I think baseball has appreciated that. So our grind lately has been, well, it's been, 
it hasn't been focused on one thing. We have been going through stadium design and um, and ballpark design, and we're at a position now where we're really comfortable. It's not totally pencils down, but we're really close. Uh, and and some of the ballpark designs are site specific, so they're different on different sites, and that people obviously um, can understand that. <laughs> Um, but then there's been the discussion not only with with baseball, but with as you as we just talked about ballpark, but sites, land, politics. Um, yeah, it's it's multi layered, as I said. But it has been it's been it's been great, and it's been rewarding so far. And we know we have a long way to go. But for me personally, having watched this before, being in the media and being you know doing my past job with the Blazers, um, I would have to say at this point I am extremely happy and even surprised that we've come as far as we have in in really we say 18 months but it's really been one year um i didn't know we'd be as far as we are in one year that part has been really fun and encouraging nice and you, you mentioned uh stadium designs and, and that that sort of deal i mean can, can we kind of pull the curtain back on that a little bit can you give us a, a little bit of, of maybe your guys's vision your guys's ideas of of what a what a potential portland stadium might might look like well, I, you know, I think that people, we've talked some about um, we're going to make sure that it's the, the next great ballpark. And we've toured a lot of them. And the newest ballpark is in Atlanta. And we were there last summer. And, you know, ballparks have changed in baseball. And, I mean, this is how it is in, you know, everything changes in terms of what is hot. And that's even the case with the NFL stadium or NBA stadium. It's um, And so... It's different than it was. The 70,000-seat ballparks are gone. Um, and then you have other things like luxury suites that sit up high. That's not really necessarily fashionable now. There are some necessary, but not to the point that they were. And then some ballparks like Atlanta is doing this thing where, um, you know, they've, they've pulled seats out and put in just four tops and bar tops. And the Rockies have done the same thing. And it's very popular because millennials don't like to sit. And they, they, they like to walk and herd and, and go, you know. And, and so I think what Atlanta's done in right field has been really cool. So we've taken, and I don't want to get too specific about all that stuff, but we've sure. taken a lot of those great new ideas and tried to put them into a park that is truly, <laughs> uniquely Portland, first of all, because we want this to feel that way because we're local guys. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we get the vibe of the city and we get what uh, I think the fans here would potentially like. So, um, you know, smaller end ballpark, Probably flex to 36,000, be in that 32 to 36, which is where a lot of teams are trying to get right now mm -hmm. in terms of attendance. Um, you know, we've talked about, we've studied a lot of different roof designs. Um, and it, what, what, what we're going to come up with is going to be something that's completely unique and never before tried um, and never before done. Um, and our, our architectural firms, Populous in Kansas City and TVA in Portland, which have collaborated beautifully they continue to throw stuff at us that's amazing, and it's mind-blowing, and it really is. And then we've had this whole discussion, too, a lot of times. We've had people come in from the outside, some of the groups who've done all of our studies, and be it economic or weather studies. The fact of the matter is, you know, Portland has the sixth least rainfall of any MLB city during the baseball season. But it does rain some in April, and it does rain in October. So we have gone back and forth and continue to on a roof solution. And then we have people come in from out of town and say, you don't need a roof. But we've come to the conclusion that we do. 
Um, because we want game certainty, if there's a family that travels from Bend or from Medford or from Longview or Tacoma or whatever, to, wants to come down to a game, we want to make sure there is a game. And we know that in October, sometimes October is beautiful. And sometimes October has a week straight of rain. And if you're in the postseason, which we would love to be, um, you can't have <laughs> four straight days of rain. It's tough. Now, it does happen. It certainly happens in the east. You know, New York gets a heck of a lot more rain than we do during the, during the baseball season. Well, so do a lot of cities. Atlanta, as I just mentioned. But I think that we have, come, we have settled on the idea that a roof solution is necessary in some way, shape, or form. We've seen some crazy cool designs. Um, and, and I cannot wait... And, I, and I'm the guy that's in the room saying, can't we just put a couple of renderings out? Uh, but I usually get slapped back down, only because I know how excited it would make the fan base, because it is it is so cool to see. And in terms of the sites we've picked, where you see like a top view, a you know a landscape view of where we are talking about and what it would look like for the city, because we know how how cool it looks in some cities. And, and the one that everybody compares us to is Pittsburgh. I have so many people from around the country who've come in and said, this is so much like Pittsburgh. So with that it said, looking at the Pittsburgh model with PNC Park downtown across the river and the bridges, and that's kind of what, it, it, to me anyway, when I think about how it could look, I look at Pittsburgh. It's very similar to that. But in terms of specific ballpark design, It'll be very uniquely Portland, and you know, the food and beverage scene here is crazy. Everybody knows, but we're we're gonna, you know, we we've very closely for a long time studied all things ballpark related, and we've got some of the most talented architects and designers, and it'll be fun. And I cannot wait to to get to the point where we can start in unveiling that and involving the public in that. You mentioned postseason baseball in Portland. I've got the I got the warm fuzzies when you talk about that. I know. Oh golly. Well, we'll end our first segment there, and then we will pick up with some uh, more questions here on the other side of this break. This is the Portland Diamond Project podcast, part of the VATCAST network. Come on back. This podcast is presented by High Caliber Millwrights. For all of your machinery jobs done right, visit highcalibernw.com. Want to advertise on this podcast or one like it and reach a targeted and engaged audience? Go to thatcast.com to start reaching our audience. And welcome back to the Portland Diamond Project Podcast, part of the ThatCast Network. I'm Billy Gates, and I'm here with Mike Barrett, Managing Director of the Portland Diamond Project. And, you know, Mike, your 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 past life, I mean, I think everybody who's listened to this uh, knows that you were the longtime uh, Portland Trailblazers uh, television announcer. Um, you and you, Mike and Mike, mm-hmm. with the with the wild one, always... Always fun to listen to. I certainly enjoyed it growing up a Blazer fan, watching games with my dad and my grandpa and all that all that fun stuff. Listen to you guys uh, call the call the Blazer games. Um, I mean, kind of kind of ended you know, f- from a fan standpoint, things ended not so smoothly uh, with with the Blazers with Comcast. I mean, as you look back on that now, I mean, how 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 did you see things kind of kind of unfold with that? Um. Well, as surprising as it was to fans, it was really shocking to us too. So, um, as I've talked about a lot, that you know, it's and I was the ultimate guy for preparing for this, preparing for that, never feeling comfortable and having you know, I was never somebody who probably would get really so comfortable in their job or think you have so much security that you stop worrying, which is not a good thing. But that's kind of that's a, a, a bad thing that I carry. Um, but that being said, I only say that to say that I. I 
I had never felt more comfortable at the time when it happened. So, you know, and it's, it's okay. It, it, it was, um, you know, we all want life to be easy all the time and cruising along and you want the security. And the fact of the matter is nobody really has that. Um, and so I wasn't putting myself above anybody else. You know, anybody can lose their job or for various reasons, even things that are undeserved or if it was an injustice, as some people said, that's not up for us to decide. And it, quite frankly, I controlled what I can control uh, when it comes to that. And, and, at the, and that's at the end of the day, if you, if you control truly what you can control, then the rest of it is whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then you just deal with it. It's not your action, it's your reaction. And so I think that um, as shocking as it was and heartbreaking, certainly, um, you know, it's, we're only, we only truly grow when we're tested and when we're, when we have things happen that maybe we didn't plan for. And as much as I like to have everything planned in my life to where I can see everything coming, this has been a very good thing. Um, and I miss some of the guys I work with. You just mentioned that you watched games as a kid and with your dad and grandpa. I, those stories are fantastic. And when I travel around here or around the state, um, and people approach me, which happens a lot, which is great. And I'm blessed that they do. Those stories are the ones that I look back on and think, I don't know if I really realized when I was doing the job, maybe, maybe the impact uh, that you have on people. And certainly the connective tissue between team and fan, I didn't understand. I did, but I, I, maybe I didn't understand to the fullest the importance of that. And so I, was, I took a lot of pride in being that messenger i guess or um because it's entertainment that's the first thing and that's the way i always tried to look at it and mike and i got wrapped up in wins and losses like everybody else does true and and that's the other thing when you when you're with a team all the time and you develop the relationships with the players and coaches you you do want them to succeed so it certainly came across in our broadcast i think a lot of the local broadcasts it comes across um and i talked to somebody on a national article recently about kind of the, the homerism and our teams telling broadcasters what to say. And this is a whole nother story that they were asking me about. And I was never told what to say, you know, but you kind of feel, and I think there's, there has to be that trust between the team and the broadcaster too, that they're going to do the right thing. And they're going to, they know that you want the team to succeed. So I guess all that to say, and that's a long way of saying, um, it was a great, great run. You know, now that the page is turned, uh, it's, it's off to something else. And, and it was really great. It was a lot of travel. And a lot of time away from my kids. And I very that's very important to me. Um, a lot of guys can do it. Um, and I'm not critical of them. But I'm not one who lives for self. Um, I mean, I am. I'm not trying to say I'm. I mean, everybody has that. But, sure. but I, I carried a lot of guilt with me, especially toward the end, because I had missed so much of my kids' lives. And so that part of it, without a doubt, has been a blessing. The part that stinks is the part that a lot of the relationships that I built with people who I'll never meet... I didn't have that chance to say goodbye to him. And, and, and that's okay. That's, that's all, that's a me thing. That's not them. But the reaction that now it's been two and a half years later and people are still coming up and sharing stories and stuff. That, that part's amazing. That's, that's awesome. I love that. When people come up and I don't want to bother you, but, and I'm like, you're not bothering me. This is why I did that job. And this is, that's the special part of it. Um, but it also, I think prepared me for something like this and, and I've got a strong faith. And so I kind of believe you're prepared for your next thing. Um, and, and so when the baseball opportunity approached, um, right, not far after 
things ended with the Blazers, I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I understand what's going on here. Not to say that that means we're going to be successful, but in the relationships, and you hope that you're, there's a certain trust among um, that you've built in your, in your past career when you're a public figure a little bit, that, that people kind of go, okay, if he's involved and he's telling me this, then I kind of trust him because I, I like him and I used to watch him or I, there was a relationship that had built from that. So I hope that there's some of that. Um, and so that, you know, in this opportunity in terms of legacy and what it could mean for my city and my state and my region where I've lived my whole life, that's, that's an awesome thing. So the opportunity to do that kept me doing this and not going back to what I knew, which was hard because I had an opportunity to. Um, several uh, would have involved a move in some cases. Um, and it's hard to break through and kind of reinvent yourself, but... The opportunity to do that and what I'm doing now was too great to pass up. Right, right, and that's kind of where I was headed next. I mean, when when this uh, whole situation kind of unfolds, um, you know, you, you take your time to kind of figure out your next move. I mean, did you ever envision yourself being part of anything like this? No. Or I mean, how did the, how no. how did that kind of come up? No, I, <laughs> I got done, and you know, I had I, I had a one nice thing is I had a year left on my contract, so I could take my time and 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 look look at what I was going to do next. And, you know, a lot of broadcast things were, especially early on, I still remember the first, I think it was the first week, your phone starts ringing. And, and I remember I had one, one straight up job offer in the NBA. And I was like, I am in no position. <laughs> I mean, because this was devastating for me, because this was my team. And I thought, I thought, I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I can, I mean, I'm not going to say never. But at that point, right after that ended, I said, I can't go call another team. This is that's my team. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I can't just jump team to team like some guys do. It's just not me. Um, and so, I, I looked around at some things. I helped some guys get their businesses started. Kind of connected them to guys. And this is a part that I didn't understand. Again, a byproduct of my past job. But that was really fun. I learned about a lot of different careers. I didn't really dive into one. I sampled some. Um, I started. I started helping out a little bit more. I started, I spoke at a few churches. I spoke at some men's groups and stuff, just some fun stuff that was kind of relating my situation to maybe life and how to prepare. And I think when you're gifted with communication skills, um, you need to share those and you need to use that. And so I tried to do that. And hopefully that helps some guys um, at least relate to my situation a little bit or how it relates to them. Um, and then... Um, you know, not really knowing what I was going to do next, I, I was approached by, you know, Craig Cheek called, who I had met from some, through somebody else, and, and Craig said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And my first thought was, my, my and real first thought was, we've, we've been down this road before. I've seen this tried before. Why this time is it going to work? So we talked multiple times, and then I started to kind of see how this is different this time. Um, not only with the city being different, which it is, and bigger, and the you know the growth index is flying, and everything else, all those reasons, but when you couple that with the, the the team that we put together, and the vision that Craig has and his experience, and the guys and the girls that wanted to be a part of this, and the fans who had the hunger for this, I went, okay, this is the right thing. So we're gonna we're gonna go all in on this, and that's what we've done. Yeah, so when Craig talked to you um, about this this sort of deal, I mean, you know, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but like, when, like, what did he say that made you be like, all right, let's do it, I'm in. 
I think it was more not not what he said. It was his attitude and his confidence. Because Craig is a very optimistic guy, mm-hmm. and seeing his passion for this, if somebody would approach me and said, "You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test this out and see if it works. We're gonna just take the temperature of the city in baseball." Eh, yeah, that wouldn't have probably sold me. The fact that Craig said, "We're doing this, and this is gonna happen," I think his. Um, whereas you know, we're we're a little different in that he is. And I, and I admire him for this. He's got this massive amount of confidence. Um, and in any situation, when it's half full, half empty, he is half full. And oftentimes, I think maybe because I was in the media, this is not a rip on media people, I got a little cynical attitude. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, but... But then that was... His attitude was infectious for me. And that gives me confidence. And we work, we're we working with a couple of guys on the East Coast as well, one in particular, who's been a huge help to us. Every time I need a, bo- a boost of confidence, I call him. Because being a, and that's what we kind of, you know, when you're on a team, that's what you kind of, you give each other things you need. And that confidence now has certainly uh, bled into my opinion. And I, this is going to happen. And I, I can't wait. Awesome. I mean, that's, this is kind of baseball in a nutshell. If you're confident enough, you're probably going to succeed. Right. And so that's that, mental, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of, kind of funny how those, how those two, uh, how those two kind of parallel each other. All right, that'll be it for our second segment. We'll come back with segment number three on the other side of this break. This is the Portland Diamond Project podcast, part of the ThatCast network. This podcast is presented by High Caliber Millwrights. When you want a job done right, turn to High Caliber. Expertise, versatility, and collaboration. Use High Caliber today for all of your machinery jobs done right. Visit HighCaliberNW.com. There's no crying in baseball. Promise, we'll be right back. In the meantime, go to thatcast.com to see our growing lineup of shows. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the Portland Diamond Project uh, podcast, part of the ThatCast Network. I'm Billy Gates, here with Managing Director Mike Barrett. And you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff, Mike. Um, I, I kind of want to uh, kind of piggyback on our last segment. Um, you, you mentioned things about the, the city, politics, that sort of deal. Um Mayor Ted Wheeler came out really early in your guys' uh, kind of effort and was like, you know, kind of like, well, I don't know. Maybe that sort of same you know, cynicism that, you know, you talked about maybe media members having or something like that. Sure. Um, now he's, you know, kind of flipped 180 degrees on that, and he's he's pretty much all in when it comes to what you guys are doing. How, how important is that to have the mayor on your side? Well, it's really important. I mean, we, we appreciate um, all he's dealing with. And so when you do something like this, you want to do it the right way with a lot of respect and saying, you've got lots of issues on your plate that you're dealing with. So, and, and we feel like, I know this is, I, to some people, maybe a stretch. Um, can what we're doing and what we're proposing help with some of those issues? And can we, you know, can we assist you in that? Not only uh, when it comes to the actual assisting of that in terms of tax base or dollars or industry or economic engine, which we know ballparks can be. But I like to think of it more in a, as I mentioned at the start of this, um, it's a unifying project for the city. And I I really think there's a lot that goes into that. We just talked about in the last segment, Mm -hmm. mental, the mental approach and how things are, especially in baseball, (laughs) but in everything else too, it's, it's all, a lot of it is mental and how your attitude is. And, and I think that this can be something that is, can be phenomenal, phenomenal for the city. And, and Mayor Wheeler is, is, uh, again, he's, he's not only him, but it's Portland's 
city government setup is unique, uh, and he and he's the first one to say that. So uh, the city council, um, we've we've talked a lot to those folks, and of course we know that governmental relations are going to be a huge key in in ha for us having success. But again, I think everybody we've talked to and the, and our folks have talked to, it, it's been very positive. Uh, and I don't want to sound surprised, but there, I, I thought it would be a much more difficult explanation uh, and, and to, to help them catch the vision. But I think a lot of them have, and, and that's, a, that's a great thing. So, um, and, and we'll still have challenges. We've met with people at the state level as well, um, because, and, and to your question, how important it is, is it? It probably could be done without massive support, but it's a lot easier when you have the support. And we need that, and we want to... You know, the attitude is, do you ask for permission or do you just drive ahead? And I don't think there's anybody asking for permission, but we're asking for partnership. And I think that they, they understand that and they appreciate that. And the biggest thing is, is um, you just, we just want to listen to people. And if somebody has an issue with it, rather than um, be arrogant about it or say, well, we're just doing it. We want to go meet with every one of those influential people and say, what is, what's, what's the issue? Can we help answer some questions for you? Not that we're always going to have the right answer for them. But I think if you handle it the right way like that with communication, and it's so vital in stuff like this, communicate with them and approach them with the attitude of, let's figure this out together. I mean, I think that, I mean, that's kind of a, <laughs> it's an umbrella statement in terms of society. If we could just do that, I think we would not be as polarized sure. as we are and, yeah. and, and uh, divided as we are. But open lines of communication and, and a humble heart get you a long way. Yeah, and you, you, you mentioned you know, talking with uh, the uh, city government employees and things like that. Is, is that kind of where the uh, affordable housing kind of uh, um, idea of this plan, is that where that kind of came out of? Yeah, yeah, because we know that's, you know, homelessness and affordable housing are two... Um, you know, vital needs for the city, the affordable housing piece. And that's if, if you're doing something like a ballpark. And again, this is this is all going to be um, dependent on what your site is, because some are going to open themselves up to a lot more opportunity for something like that. But we thought about, you know, we got to put our money where our mouth is. If we say we want to help the city with with issues then we got to come up with some serious answers and that is one that you know if you're doing a project like this we sat down and said well you know what's what's a huge need and what can we help with well affordable housing is one that came up so depending on what the site is yes this could be a, an absolute chance to um to help out with that issue and, and other things as well and we recognize that you know the, these the priority list that, that the city government has and the mayor specifically and even the governor, um, you know, it's a lot of people probably would look at that from the outside and say, how would a baseball team help with all that? But when you get down into the weeds and you talk to the economic people and you talk about, number one, the land that you could have, the development that you could have, the next great development for the city, um, kind of starting from scratch on, there is a lot of help that, that we could provide, I think. And, and the way we've seen it written out, um, is something that I wouldn't have probably known before I went through the process. So again, it's a matter of talking and communicating and, and offering help where we can do where we can offer it and, and hopefully it's received well. And I think it is. 
Awesome. Well, we'll change gears a little bit here. Let's talk about maybe maybe the more maybe the more fun, whimsical stuff. Your uh, social media campaign, no rest till opening day. Um, I mean, I see them all the time on on Instagram and Twitter. The the photos of the MLB PDX shirts. Mm-hmm. And you, you guys covered all the stadiums now, right? All like, of them, you got in, th- them in thirty days. And that yeah. was like an organic thing. Yeah. That you know, Jen mm-hmm. Burley is is handling our social media, and she's doing a great job. And we kind of started getting these pictures of people wearing their MLB PDX shirts in other ballparks. And so, it was only shoot a month ago. When she kind of threw out on social media, let's see if we can hit all the parks. Well, 30 days later, there's been Portland gear in in every ballpark. So that's kind of a cool thing. We didn't plan it, and those kind of things can't be planned. It's kind of better when it's organic like that, but we've loved that. And, and building a brand and building legitimacy through a brand and relating to the fans and having kind of a grassroots effort to let people know that this is going on. I think that's a great way to do this. And we knew that at the beginning. We knew how we wanted to do it. I think it's caught fire a lot more than we thought it would. And that's that's a really cool thing. And, and you can gauge some of the hunger for baseball from stuff like that. Um, not all. But I think that we, we've done that here. And, and that's the one thing that's given us confidence, too, is I have no, I have no doubt in my mind this team would be supported here. I have no doubt in my mind. When you look at our weather, long summer nights, tourism, you know, I mean, I was at the Indy race last weekend and, you know, 40,000 people and it's, it came back and returned. And I, I just think it's, and people came from all over to see it. It once again was kind of a verification for me that we've got a great um, population to draw from in this region and people who are hungry for stuff like this. And I sit on these nights on my deck in the backyard when it's, seven o'clock and I'm imagining first pitch and it's 78 degrees and perfect outside and no bugs and no humidity. And I've traveled the country in the summer. Nobody has weather like we do in the summertime. So it's kind of made for that. So with that, I think people have grasped onto that and I just can't wait until it happens. And uh, you mentioned Portland gear, um, have partnerships with them and baseballism, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, different, different uh, hats, t-shirts, that sort of deal. Um, all those proceeds going to help youth organizations around the city with mm-hmm. baseball. I mean, what, uh, have you have you been able to actually you know hand a check to a youth organization for that no. yet? Or no, but we have we we're ready to. Sure, but but no, that part has been, and really, I mean, Marcus at Portland Gear and the guys at Baseballism have been, but the, and they've been great. But what has been really cool is how many people you know because we started this off and we said okay. We're going to have to do this and this and this, and and this is not cheap, and we're going to have to hire this. What surprised me is how many people who have just called us up and said, I want to help. What can I do? I want nothing for it. I just believe in this, in what you guys are doing. Um, And and Portland Gear and Baseballism were, were some of them. There have been others as well who have come forward and said, hey, what can I do to help? And if you give them the keys a little bit, which we have with those guys, and just said, hey, let you know, how can you know, search for ways? How can you help us? How can we help you? Um, it's been a cool organic thing that has kind of grown out of this. And and there are other companies as well and other, you know, consultants, designers. And, and then when it comes time to start grinding on, because I know we don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse, but at the same time, sure. people get excited and you talk about team name and uh, whether it's the Portland, whatever, or the Oregon, whatever, regional. Um there have been a lot of designers who have sent us like potential logos, nicknames, 
mascots, all that stuff. And that's the fun part. Um, but, you know, initially you think, okay, we're going to have to pay out of the nose for a design team to... But then we start, you know, and I spoke at a, at a Beaverton High School class at the end of last school year, and they had all done logos and nicknames. And I walked in there kind of going, eh, okay, checking my watch. And then I'm like, wow, this is really cool. They, they, they really, it was amazing what they came up with. And I know there's another event coming up that's going to have a lot of the great designers who are going to do the same thing. So I, I, that part is really, really fun. My point is to see people come together on this thing. And you started by talking about Portland gear and baseballism and to see people come together and just want to help this effort. That's been really cool. I'm, I'm kind of still stuck on the nickname thing. What were, what were some of your favorite nicknames that people have pitched you? There's been some crazy <laughs> ones. And, and, and I mean, a lot of the people have mentioned them and, and I, I hesitate to start down that road cause I'm just throwing them out, but then I'll get quoted and something next thing you know, the team will have a name, <laughs> but, but you know, there's, there's been a lot of people who have, um, who have, and we love it. Keep going. And, and when we come, when it comes closer, you know, when we make a, a few more strides, we want the public's involvement in that. So when people have ideas and I'll get, you know, people come up in a store and they'll say, uh, hey, have you thought about, is it okay if I give you a, heck yeah, it is. Give it to me. Because we, we've said, we want this to be about Portland and by Portland and for Portland. So um, yeah, we absolutely want all of the input we can get because number one, it's, it's a good way to involve the public and the fan base. But number two, People have good ideas and we want to respect that. And we're going to listen to all of them. And, and hopefully when the time comes and we haven't really gotten down to, you know, we don't have time to, to spend on that kind of stuff at this point. We're too involved in other stuff, but maybe there'll be a fan vote for the name. You know, we, we, we'd love that. That's, that's how way it should be. Yeah. That certainly worked for uh, the hops out in Hillsborough. That, that's been a really cool brand to watch. A really cool team. Yeah. But then cool. sometimes when you let fans vote, you get things like, Trash pandas or something yeah. just off the wall yeah, like there, that. There have been some interesting ones <laughs> for us, but but there's also been there's been some really cool, unique names that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of that I've kind of got at first, nah, and then go, well, ah, that's kind of cool. But baseball's funny, you know. Baseball's um, a little more traditional, um, although you know the one thing that surprised me about being around and traveling and hearing these groups and, and these economic studies groups and we're with CSL out of Texas who does all of this stuff and talking to them and talking about where, where baseball has gotten hot all of a sudden is with the younger, you know, millennials. And, and I was talking just to, to a group of them. I don't even know where I was. It might've been in Kansas city and asking them why. And it's almost like it's bounced back. Not that it was ever gone, but people talked about how baseball had dropped off in popularity. But they love the, number one, the, the experience of being at a ballpark and the affordable nature of baseball, being able to take your family. And we see a lot of kids at ballparks. And, and that's not necessarily the case in the NBA all the time because you, I can't afford to take my family to an NBA game. Right. I just can't. And I mean, I, I you know, I, I shouldn't say that, but most people can and I can't in terms of where I used to sit, to be sure. <laughs> sure. But um, and the NFL sure. as well. I mean, I think the average baseball ticket is somewhere around forty bucks, and I think the average NBA ticket is somewhere around seventy-five, eighty bucks. And the NFL is like ninety-five bucks. NHL is like surprised me how expensive it is. Yeah. So I love the idea that it's it, it can be so inclusive 
in terms of all economic brackets. And you can, you know, a family, like I mentioned, a family of four from Bend or somewhere could come to Portland for a game on a weekend and not go broke. And I think that's a really cool experience for them. I don't even know where I was starting off that whole comment, but <laughs> I ended up talking about kids in baseball because we were at a we were at a Yankees game last September and I hadn't been to, I'd only been to one other game that summer. And I sat back at one point and just allowed myself and stopped watching the game and stopped watching Aaron Judge for a minute. And I started looking around me. And that's the biggest thing. The kids wearing the jerseys, eating hot dogs and whatnot. That's when I went, okay, this is cool. This is what we need. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, I, I just kind of get missed yet thinking about that stuff. That, yeah. that is, that's something I, I certainly would want in the city I live in. Yeah. So hopefully, Hopefully we're able to, to, to get that get that going. So just uh, we'll, we'll end with this. Just kind of give us a, a rough sort of timeline on on how things you know in a in a perfect world how things are going to go from here when it comes to uh, moving forward with with the site and that sort of deal. Well, we said I think I said a couple months ago that I thought that um, September would be a reasonable, perhaps optimistic goal mm-hmm. to have something announced on land, and I and. Since we're just now there, I, I'll stay with that. I don't know that it's going to happen in September. Um, but I will say this. It's not like we're out beating the bushes looking for... We don't have a list of 50 pieces of land and we're we're, we're down to the grinded out um, offer, counteroffer stage. So we know, I mean, we're, we're extremely close, but getting extremely close and then getting it over the top... Sometimes, and, and that part is new for me, clearly. For business people and people who've struck huge deals, it probably isn't that new to them. Um, but I just, the biggest thing is I, and I try to tell people this in, when we talk to them in the public, when we say no rest till opening day, that is legit. We, we, <laughs> we grind on this every single day. And I drive my wife nuts because it'll be Saturday morning at, eight and the phone will ring and I'll be on the phone for the next hour and we'll be, and all of a sudden throw a conference call together and try to get ideas on how to deal with this. It's, it's seven days a week and it's, but it's a blast. And the group we have and the team we have, there's no ego about it. Nobody cares who gets the credit and it's amazing what can be accomplished when that is the case. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to keep, we're going to keep grinding like that. I wish I could give you a specific timeline, but I do. All I can say is, and I know you can't cry wolf too many times when it comes to saying, hey, we're really close, but I do feel like there's been substantial progress. And in the meantime, we've had, again, tremendous ballpark design meetings, and we are really close on that. Of course, it's site-specific. Um, those things change. And then the, the communication with baseball continues to be so good. That part has been... Um, like everything else, has gone maybe a little smoother than I would have thought. But it's a matter if you don't have your land um, and a place to put the park, which we do, but we haven't announced that yet, then everything else kind of has to wait on that. Mm -hmm. So once that linchpin is pulled, hopefully then everything else happens. But we're optimistic and we're having a blast. That's all I can say. And we're working our tails off. Yeah, it's like you're the pitcher on the mound with a full count and two outs and that last strike's just the hardest one to get yeah, exactly and just kind of exactly. i could do the baseball puns all day yep. all right we'll we'll end it there uh thank you so much mike for taking the time to oh, chat sure. uh and this has been the portland diamond project uh podcast on the that cast network thanks for listening